You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Yep, I got P- I've actually had PAs running for the last 14 minutes. So. Awesome, awesome. So you know what? We've got an absolute ton of content that we can give to the listeners. And uh, you know what? I don't think you sound like Kevin. Mike McPeak, welcome back to Geekiest Show Ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys bring me back occasionally. I'm sorry that one of you guys have to be sick to do it. But, <laughs> I know. Uh, we, you know what? We should rotate it a little bit better, shouldn't we? We should, you know, have, uh, you know, a, a month off where we have one week where you come in religiously first week of the month and then we, we take alternate uh, days off alternatively. And this, this could be interesting. We could always expand to a third host. Have three of us. Three, three, uh, uh, basket cases here this could really be fun that, that could be it'd, it'd be uh, hell in a basket <laughs> it'd be crazy now uh the listeners are probably wondering where big kev is well unfortunately he borrowed my man cooney and uh Ew. he has who is right and he has not ended up well he uh he wants to to pass on all the the best wishes for everyone and uh he told me literally only five minutes ago via dm on twitter that me and Mike have to behave ourselves and that maybe he should eavesdrop to keep us both in line. I don't think he trusts us, Mike. Do you think we can do a, a good show and, uh, you know, make him proud? Well, I think so. You know, and as long as all he passes on is good wishes and none of his sicky stuff, then we're okay. Absolutely. We don't, we don't, you know, I, I don't think we ever want to go to smell a vision over the internet or, you know, sort of no. anything well, like that. It's like, yuck. We'll, we'll have to put a you know banner on here, sanitize for your protection. <laughs> and that that is the show title. I am definitely using that. I love it. <laughs> Actually, I have to get a picture of Kevin and put a big sanitized red sort of tape around Kevin in the picture and, and use that as the artwork for this episode. That's fantastic. Now, Should we just go and wrap it around, Kevin? We could, but uh, that that means getting close to him with his sickness. Oh, you're right, you're right. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a bit difficult. Now, you know what, Mike, I've uh, just... uh, Oh, Kevin just said on on Twitter, I should close Twitter, but he keeps messaging me. Uh, Please feel free to make fun of me as needed. Oh, boy. Where do we we begin? Well, like we needed his permission anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, geez, that's just opening a can of worms. Well, that's like painting a, you know, that's like wearing a, a meat suit into a pet, a pen full of pit bulls. <laughs> Indeed. Don't worry, Kevin. We will make plenty of fun with you when the time is right. And, uh, but seriously, mate, we hope you get better soon. And, uh, I know that you've been struggling a bit like I have in the past with sicknesses. So, uh, we're praying for you for a quick recovery. Now, Mike, did you know that I, uh, I've started yet again another podcast? I, I've got this illness. I, um, I like to talk, yet I don't like to be social. You know, I had my daughter's seventh birthday party yesterday. Oh, it was draining, trying to be that social with parents and the other kids. And the other kids are cute. You know, they're, they're really nice kids. They're, there's nothing wrong there. It's just having the geek in me go, oh, I've got to actually have fun and do something out of my normal comfort zone. Whereas I can come on here on the internet and I can, I could have a virtual party with people right around the world and it, it would work. Well, actually the, the funny thing is speaking of everyone right around the world, my mother was saying that, you know, she asked me yesterday, are you planning to go overseas? 
uh, anytime soon. And I, I said to her, no, I, I just couldn't be bothered. I, I really couldn't be bothered. And she said, but you're always talking about the friends you have overseas. And it's like, yeah, but something tells me if I went over there and they actually got to meet me in real life, they wouldn't be friends with me for very long afterwards. <laughs> Well, the internet's a wonderful place for making friends because, yeah, we don't get to know each other really well, which is probably a good thing. We know yeah. each other just enough to like each other, but, you know, that just, you know, in a, in a community of geeks is probably the best thing. Yeah, because we're always trying to one up each other, too. Even if we don't know it, you know, I'll, so many times I'll be on Twitter and, and I'll send out a tweet or something, then Pat Mann, he's, he's one who just comes back and gets me all the time, and, you know, he'll send something back just to antagonize and to get an argument started and and then you know the other night i i had a probably a hundred tweet long discussion with him and antonio uh photographer in new york and look it was hilarious it was funny but it was all off one comment that got us started about iphoneography and all that kind of stuff and it was just people online are good enablers and 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 so forth so it's a lot of fun anyway getting back to um to the podcast and thing. So I've, I've got a thing. You know how we're part of the Stoplight Network? You included with Bart on the planes. Well, Tim Robertson puts little ads in everywhere. So on, on mymac.com, which he has as well, he's, he's got the advertise here buttons. And every time he he's had spare ones, I've, I've created a new show to fill it. Unfortunately, I thought I filled them all, and I went, woohoo, I've actually won. I finally defeated his little advertise here buttons. And what does he do? He goes and puts another row in. Uh, Mark, this isn't podcast bingo here. (laughs) But I I can't help but want to have another logo fill that spot. It's it's like there's no advertisers filling that spot. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to throw every show I've got. So... You know, look, I, I honestly, I'm doing what now? Uh, one, two, three, four, maybe five shows a week. So it's at least five hours of recording every week. Then at least five hours of editing because I listen back and, and laugh at myself and, and make sure that I take any incriminating uh, bits and pieces out of there. For me, if it was Kevin, I'd leave it in. Mike, don't worry. I'll, I'll leave your incriminating evidence out on the, the cutting room floor this week. Uh, but, Kevin, we leave it in. Um, <laughs> and there's one little stab already. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, look, I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I can't think of anything else. Now, the way I do podcasts is it's all around hobbies. So I've got Not Another Mac podcast. I love the Mac. I've got Track Talk. I love music. I've got International Film Club podcast. Because I love film and I was getting jealous of just listening solely to sci-fi tech talk, talking about all the sci-fi films. So I wanted to get in and do some films as well. And then I've got the Nintendo Club podcast because I enjoy gaming. About the only thing, and, and then of course Geeky Shava because I'm just a little bit crazy. And then the only thing that I've got a, a hobby left that I haven't explored on podcasts is is reading. And... Uh, but I think that'd be a fairly slow show. I don't think I could do that once every week, and I'd need to find a, a co-host that could read as quickly as I can with the same style of books I like, which is really hard to find. Yeah, and, you know, because like, for Sci-Fi Tech Talk, we always try to space out there. If we're going to do a book, we give ourselves about two or three to three weeks advance notice so that we can read it. You know, it would be nice if a person can get it on um, an audio book. Um, oh, yeah. 
you know, some you can, and I just haven't quite. I, I'm cheap. I haven't gotten around to getting like an Audible subscription yet. Um, although I finally got a Netflix uh, so that we can watch uh, movies for uh, our podcast. Mm-hmm. But at some point, maybe I should pry open the checkbook, you know, shake the dust out, and um, maybe get a uh, an Audible subscription uh, for audiobooks because with my job. As a you know, high school custodian, there's a lot of time that I don't have to be around people. I always have my iPhone and my headphones with me, or my Bluetooth headphones, and so I can I listen to podcasts all the time, and I have listened to audio books when I can you know find ones that you know are you know, sometimes I listen to them for fun. I mean I, I've heard that that's done too, um, but you know for our podcast we don't always get a chance. Uh, the books that we do sometimes aren't always in audio form, but when I do it, it works out rather nice because I can still go to work, get stuff done, and listen to an audio book. Uh, like I said, that's not always an option, though. Mm. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned sort of the price of going with Audible and and so forth, and you know, that's probably the cheapest way because when you look at purchasing audiobooks individually, wow, they're expensive. I mean, they're like hardcover book prices. Um, they're really just, and I understand a lot of production work goes into it. So not only are you paying for the creative content, which is the book, you're creating for the voiceover artist that has actually read the book uh, and the production team that's produced it. So I understand that, but it's just, you know, you can spend $30 on, on an audio book and, and buy the, the print, the, the paperback for 6 or $7. Yeah. Well, you know, well, the cheapest way, you know, and sometimes I kind of suggest when we do some classics on the um, sci-fi tech talk because uh, if you go old enough, they're in the public domain. And if you go over to like LibriVox.org, uh, they uh, – put a lot of them up there for free uh it's amateurs that have done it and sometimes you can tell that it's amateurs that have done it because uh, i was listening to a uh uh, Sherlock, somebody reading a Sherlock Holmes novel, and they mm-hmm. tried to do a, you know, a screeching sound or something. I think I ripped the earphones out of my ears Ooh. just because to keep from having any more damage done. So the quality That's will vary bad. sometimes. And you know what? No one's ever said they've ripped their earphones out of their ears when listening to me. So uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm slightly above that amateur level. You are <laughs> in, yeah. my, in, in my dreams. Well, hey, you know. As long as you know, nobody hurts themselves while listening to you, either intentionally or unintentionally, well, it's all good then. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, you know, it, it's podcasts and I love. I, I just love talking to people. I didn't honestly think I'd love it this much. And I, I've got to admit, as I'm doing more shows, I'm listening to less. I've got maybe three shows now that I listen to religiously, Sci-Fi Tech Talk being one of them, uh, because I'm a big sci-fi fan. I, I love watching sci-fi film. Uh, this week, in fact, we're doing the uh, on, on International Film Club. We're doing one that you did a few weeks ago, Mike. The uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey, and mm. um, we're doing it. Tim actually uh, sent me a copy uh, with the Alex North uh, soundtrack, um, the the original soundtrack that then Kubrick uh, decided to can and get rid of. And uh, so I've seen that one. Now I'm going to see the the original. Or not really the original, but the theatre release version, the one that's on iTunes. And you know, do you, let me ask you: Do you do sci-fi tech talk like I do, or these shows to justify your hobby? Because I I get to turn around to my better half and say, yeah, oh, you, look, I need to rent this movie, or I need to watch this movie, or I need to buy this movie so that I can talk about it on the show. And you know what? She believes me. Well. 
I'm kind of getting to that point. Although with the Netflix thing, I'm trying to get my wife interested in using it. Kind of like uh, we just got iPhones, and you know, um, I had talked about getting like an iPad Mini with a data plan, but then she kind of goes, "Oh, I'm tired of this phone." So I kind of went, uh, "You know, there's this little thing called an iPhone," and you know, she's got it, and we've had them about three weeks now, and she you know likes it and uses it. And I kind of wanted like you know some sort of connected device. So when I'm out somewhere that I can sit down, yeah, I can do research for different things. I can, you know, pull up Wikipedia and do some, uh, you know, information gathering there. And, you know, for the uh, tech talk, um, you know, not so much yet. But, yeah, I do have a Netflix account and, uh, you know, I'm starting to use it. Some of the stuff that we uh, uh, have done, you know, has been stuff that I've been familiar with. And I have gone out and I, I have bought a few, uh, you know, I buy physical copies once in a while too. Um, mm-hmm. I've gotten Looper and, I, uh, and I'm looking at them right here, Looper, Blade Runner, and the uh, Alien and Aliens movie. I just went out and bought them just yep. to um, – I don't buy a lot, but if I buy something, it's probably going to be something I'm interested in mm-hmm. um, that I want to keep and may wa- I want to rewatch again. So if I have it, have physically bought it, it probably means that I like it. Yeah, well, certainly I um I, I sort of do the same. Sometimes you know I'll be presented with you know a, a film or something that I I've never seen before, and it's like, oh gee, I don't know how this will go, but you know what, I'll watch it anyway for the show or rent it. And then it's been so great that I've actually purchased it. Or in the case of Blade Runner, I decided to purchase the book, read the book, then watch the film, and then we discussed it on the show. And now, thanks to buying the book, I actually understand the film and the storyline, um, which I, I don't know. Mike, did you ever have a problem with Blade Runner? Because for me, always, it, it gave me a migraine headache for years. Well, my my joke on our podcast is time travel is always what gives me the headache. Um, <laughs> Blade Runner wasn't, um, you know, I I had some questions. It never gave me a headache, but you know, you did kind of sit there and you know, you, you did. And I guess it's a good movie if you have to sit there and contemplate something. If you get everything spoon fed mm-hmm. to you, then it, it's probably not such a good uh, movie to watch. But if you have, um, if you do have some questions at the end. I think maybe they have achieved their uh, their goal because you're at least thinking about the movie and you're, you're you know trying to analyze it and trying to oh maybe I should go back did I miss something kind of like I missed the part and I should go back and rewatch it again about the little uh, paper unicorn uh, at the end there um, and I should go back and kind of rewatch it you know it, you know it's a good movie when you can go back and watch it two three times each time you get new information you go back mm-hmm. and watch it and it makes a little more sense yeah it's always fun to do and uh certainly say 2001 space odyssey that that's one that's always amused me as well it just i didn't get the film uh watching it now though i did i, I find one thing interesting and i, I don't I, i'm sure you and, and kevin would may have come across this as well as as you get older in life you tend to look at things a different way. I remember watching Blade Runner and, and 2001 when I was 16, 17, even into the early 20s. And now that I'm into my mid-30s, I watch them differently. And I think when I was younger, I did want that spoon-fed storyline. I wanted to sort of be told and be shown. And I didn't want to think too much. Now I don't mind sitting there and contemplating. And, you know, I'm sitting there last night watching 2001 and I'm actually going through and I'm asking myself questions about what's happening in the movie and how it linked back to this event in the movie and, and 
the continuity and so forth. And I was like, wow, I'm, I'm absorbing this differently. I'm enjoying this differently. So something that I didn't really like 15 years ago, I'm actually really enjoying now. Well, and, you know, uh, so since I'm the old fart contingency this week, um, you know, as you get older, you have more life experiences to draw on. Some mm-hmm. of the stuff tends to make a little bit more sense. You have maybe more of an insight into uh, some of what's going on in the movie. Because, you know, when you're younger, you think you have all the answers. You don't. Um, but as you get older, you still don't have all the answers. But, you know, sometimes you get a cheat sheet once in a while and, mm-hmm. you know, you figure something out along the way. Um, but so I think just uh, um, the more life life experience you, you can bring to some of these uh, you know deeper movies uh and you know you, you can k- kind of sit there and contemplate life you know what was the big monolith and you know and you can kind of see the um you know the evolution the tool making and you know you do sit there and wonder the bigger philosophical questions about um you know is there a, a great a force greater than us out there that kind of comes along once in a while and gives us a nudge in the right evolutionary mm-hmm. direction to keep us on track it, it's uh those things you kind of uh, think about from time to time. Yeah, it's good. It's good getting older. I actually appreciate it now. You know, you, you're so much when you're young. You just go, oh, I don't want to get old and and so forth. You sort of want to be young forever. But I'm enjoying the different experiences now as I'm getting older uh, with the different viewpoints on everything. That you know, it's making me appreciate some things much more. It's also making me look at at say films that I liked 15 years ago and go, oh, geez, why, why did I like that? That was atrocious. What was going through my my puberty mind? You know, it was just absolutely shocking. Some of the stuff I used to be into, and thank God I'm not anymore. Oh yeah, I've I've gone back and have tried to rewatch some TV shows uh, from you know maybe when I was a kid or a young adult, mm-hmm. and I kind of went. Wow, really? No, I don't think so. Uh, and, you know, I kind of gave up on. You know, they were cool at the time, but you know, you know, now they kind of look cheesy and campy mm-hmm. and and things like that. And, you know, there's not too many TV shows that you know kind of stand up uh, to the test of time. You know, for me, uh, you know, Star Trek uh, does. Yes. Um, I've always had kind of a. Uh, I've always liked that show, Quantum Leap. Um, mm-hmm. That was always a good show. Um, what about Lost in Space? Oy. I I you love know, Lost in Space. Um, it, it's it's, just, it's one of my favorite sci-fi television shows. So I I can go watch all of it and just really enjoy it. Maybe I'll have to go back and give it another try. But when I was watching it, and you know, the only thing for me that really sticks out is danger, danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> you know, and that's the only thing I've kind of taken away. And, and you know, maybe the oh, what was that? What was it the the swarmy character that was always trying to? Oh, uh, um, um, not Smithers. Um, 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 um. Doc, Doctor Smith. Do, no, no. Oh, brain yeah, freezing. But- I don't even have a frozen cake. Um, <laughs> um, we, yeah, we, all, know, we all know. <laughs> you know the guy that would make a used car salesman look kind of you know. Good yeah, he was sleazy. He was. It was definitely the doctor. Um, geez, well, I hate it when you can't remember something. But we know well, who you're the- talking about, Mike. Right. Well, you know, we have this wonderful thing, uh, um, uh, Google. Uh, I don't know if I can Google we, we, uh, how we many characters. <laughs> I'm trying to get better at using this thing. Uh, I, actually, I'm trying to get better at multitasking when we're uh, doing podcasts because sometimes we do have these moments and we, we can't figure out what's what. And, uh, yep. 
you know, and and so now I'm just kind of vamping while I'm waiting for my internet to kind of kick in here. Well, while, while you're doing that, let, let me ask you as well, Doctor Who, are you into the original? And Doctor Who is uh, a bit hard because there's so many different Doctors, so many different seasons, and it's not really done in the traditional style, especially in the early seasons too. It's um, sort of story arcs within seasons and gets a bit well, confusing. Yeah, and when you get into a, a something with that kind of heritage, I'm almost afraid to mm-hmm. because, you know, like say so you come in the middle and you kind of, well, why? it You know, it doesn't make any sense. I've kind of done that with like Law and Order and NCIS because those are some long-running shows. And you do miss certain story arcs and then you kind of have to go back and try to fill in. I mean, this one here, we're talking, what, nearly 50 years, maybe mm-hmm. not continuous 50 years, but a show that uh, spans a 50-year li- uh, lifespan like that, there's a lot of stuff in there. And I'm just afraid I'm not going to get the the culture, the history, the in-jokes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And I just feel like I might be kind of lost. I, I kind of watched it some back when I was in high school because they'd have it on our local PBS stations around here, the public broadcasting stations. And I would kind of watch it. It was, you know, kind of interesting. But, you know, then you didn't watch it for <laughs> 30 years. Um, and, you know, you just kind of feel like, you know, I just don't know if I could get up to a speed on it or not. Yeah, I, you know, when I go back on classic TV, I like to go back to season one, episode one, and watch it all the way through. Um, it's the only way that I, I personally can do it. I I hate seeing like a rerun on television and just checking out the rerun. Or I, you know, it, it's it's like I know that there's new seasons of Doctor Who with new Doctors and so forth, and I I could just jump in, but I, I like going through the legacy. It's, the way I watch Star Trek, I mean, I'm I'm so manic that I literally go around in a circle with Star Trek. Once I've I've gone through all the generations in chronological order, then I go back and start again. Well, the only uh, Star Trek um, property that I haven't really gotten into, I'm starting to now. If I just sit down and do it, is Enterprise. Otherwise, I've I watched love Enterprise. Well, I've watched the you know I I grew up watching the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Star Trek on TV when it first aired. That's how old I am. But, you know, thankfully I had a brother who was much older than I am who was introduced me to this kind of stuff. So even though I was like about you know six four, uh, see when did it start? Sixty six. I'd probably been about four years old at the time, mm-hmm. four or five years old. But you know, so I watched some of the when they originally aired. But I had my brother there, and that's what got me interested. But I watched them in the Next Generation and uh, DS Nine and Voyager. Uh, there's probably a couple movies I haven't. Um, some of the next generation movies, I don't know if I've gotten into them so much, but the original uh, movies, I've watched them. Um, but yeah, Enterprise, I'm sitting down and I've watched the first couple episodes. And, you know, I started doing that once I got Netflix. Yep. And I just need to sit down and start watching some more and see if I can get into it. And well, not getting into it is so much, it's just trying to get, sit down and watch it. Yeah, they're very big seasons and 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 you know 45 minute episodes you think it's not that long but when you put a couple together it actually takes a bit of time to get through it and uh you know i've been going through the original series at the moment because i I finished enterprise a while back and uh it probably takes me a good month to go through an entire season maybe a little bit longer uh just because there's so much in there there's so many episodes and but it's all enjoyable it's all fun 
Well, and Netflix isn't like downcast. They don't have a 2x speed button, so I can get through. Quicker, <laughs> oh, that, that'd be funny watching Star Trek in two speed. Yeah. <laughs> it would oh be my. disturbing, but it would be funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and to answer our question, it was Dr. Zachary Smith. Ah, bingo. I knew it was an S, but I, I couldn't think. And uh, so many Smiths. That, Mike, is, is that something that happens in the U.S. as well? Because out here, you know, there's John Smith. And there's yeah, another that, John Smith, and then there's another John Smith, and boy, it gets confusing. Well, it's kind of the running joke over here. If you're you go to the no-tell motel and you're going to kind of fool around there, you sign in as John Smith, and they kind of go, <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you, you and your daughter, yes, sir, right, you know, that kind of stuff, so... <laughs> I, I, you know, it may be the same joke in Australia, but you know, who knows? I, I haven't heard that one, but that's a great one. <laughs> I like it. Now, another TV series. While we're, we're on the topic of TV, because you know, we we both love it. It's a great topic. So, um, and and you know what, we both came pretty much with not much. Mike came with more topics than I did, but as usual, everything I do to Kevin, I, I do to Mike as well. Only I won't force Mike to wear the mancuni. Uh, thank oh, God. Yes, no kidding. <laughs> uh, Twilight Zone. Yeah, I kind of liked that one. Um, you know, it was kind of off and on, and, uh, and I watched, uh, let's see, Twilight Zone, and then what was the other um, one that was kind of similar to it? Oh, man, I'm here. Um, uh, oh, Outer Limits. Ah, yeah, I, I've never really been into the Outer Limits. Yeah, not so much, but, you know, they're... Um, I've seen a few Outer Limits, and you know there was more. Uh, uh, yeah, the Twilight Zone ones. Um, I can remember, you know, a few of them. I remember the one. Um, I think it was Burgess Meredith. Um, it was a post-apocalyptic world. He was like the last man uh, left, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he was uh, in a library, and he, you know, he he loved books and everything, and. Uh, the um, so you know he was happy because he was where he wanted to be. He was in a book, uh, in a building full of books, and that's how he's going to spend the rest of eternity until his uh, big thick uh, uh, glasses that he can't read without falls off and gets broken. Mm-hmm. So now here's a guy that cannot see uh, well enough to read in a book in a room full of or a building full of books. Wow. Uh, and that's how it ended. And you know, and I always thought that was kind of uh, you know, an interesting take. Well, yes. Um, you know, kind of like being in a room full of podcasting equipment and not being able to use it. Mm. You know, it, it sounds like it had a, a similar feel to the Omega Man or Omega Man, whichever way you, uh, the Charlton Heston movie where, you know, obviously that's the zombie apocalypse kind of thing, um, but where he was sort of the only lonely, you know, human left that hadn't been turned. And, uh, you know what, I love the loneliness of that style of storytelling. Um, because being a geek, I like loneliness. I like being on my own at times. I like being with my own thoughts. I like doing my own things. Uh, I don't share well, I guess. And these movies sort of depict that. Unfortunately, they also depict the, the extreme loneliness that, and, and they show to you that you can only do that for so long before you need that human interaction, that other person uh, to be close to. It's it's quite interesting. Well, you know, that's why I kind of like the internet here because, yeah, I mean, 
uh, I'm in a small Midwestern town here, and you know I love my technology. I'm a geek. You know I love all that the nerdy kind of stuff. Well, Midwestern towns are usually known for sports, jocks, um, you know, bars. Uh, and I, I don't do any of that kind of stuff. And you know I do interact with people, you know, uh, at work and you know to a degree. But to really talk about the things that I want to talk about, we have the internet. If we had before this, it was kind of like. You know, I would get somewhere and I would probably just go into this geek overload, you know, talking to people. You know, once I finally met another geek, then my wife is sitting over there going, come on, honey, we got to go. Um, <laughs> kind of tapping her watch, you know, kind of rolling her eyes at me. But now this way, you know, we can come down here, we can geek out. And then when we've had our fill, we can just kind of back away from the trough. Yep. And um, we can get on with our lives. And then when we're ready, we can just kind of come back here again and, you know, and gorge ourselves. And uh, so it's an outlet for those of us who really don't have a lot of other, you know, people like us to commiserate with. Now, question for you, Mike. Do you think that there's a lot more geeks in the world than we think there is? Do you think people are embarrassed to sort of be geeks or? Well, maybe not embarrassed. They just maybe haven't quite found their, you know, their outlet. And I mean, you know, it depends on how you define, uh, you know, you got, um, you got geeks and nerds. I don't know. You know, there's some debate over what is what, but mm. you know, a nerd is kind of like a really smart person that will just kind of you know you know obsess about things, and a geek is more um, you know the, the kind of people that'll dress up and go to comic cons. You know, they kind of wear their their geek heart in the sleeve or whatever you want to call it, and just kind of go out there and embrace their you know what they love. Um, you know, we embrace uh, computers. You got camera geeks. You got um, my father-in-law was what you'd probably call a railroad geek, uh, and you know I think Kevin and him would have gotten along. Well, I think you, you love uh, trains too. Oh, I do. Um, I think you guys would have gotten along really well together because he had like model railroads, and I mean, uh, you know, to the point of uh, being uh, on that obsessive order because he had the tracks, he had the layouts, he had all the little bolts for putting the the tracks together. He had all kinds of. Um, uh, the cars, the engines, uh, you know, I think if uh, the technology had advanced far enough before he'd passed away, he probably would have hooked a computer up and made computerized, uh, you know, layouts. Because mm-hmm. uh, there was a bunch of him, uh, him and a bunch of other people in, in Watertown had formed a model railroading club. And they would set up layouts and they would go places and do this kind of stuff. And, you know, so you, you have varying kind of geeks out there. You even got like, you know, gun geeks that like to, you know, we got people in town here that have set up a, uh, they call it, a, I think, a cowboy alley or something like that, where it's a kind of a shooting range, but you just walk through and you know you kind of got like an old west town. You got some mm-hmm. other things, and so you know I think there's geeks of varying varieties. Um, you know, little pockets of them here and there. It's just that um, you know maybe they weren't necessarily considered. Well, uh, geeks with guns, you kind of take seriously because well they'll shoot yeah. you, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, the other geeks are kind of frowned upon, and, you know, as much as I hate to say it, I think Bill Gates made nerds and geeks kind of cool because, hey, when you have money flowing out of any orifice in your body, you suddenly become cool. Yeah, it's an interesting way to look at it, isn't it? Because he he is – I don't know whether you call him a geek or a nerd because he's a very intelligent guy. And certainly, being a nerd, uh, that's why I've, I don't think I've ever classed myself as a nerd. And anyone listening, please correct me if I have. But I, I'm not that smart. And I, I class nerdism as, as being, you know, massive intelligence. Sheldon, if you will, uh, from Big Bang Theory. Um, 
but I'm, I'm more sort of, I'm, I'm a bit more like Wallowitz where, you know, I'm, uh, I've got the master's degree, but not the, not the PhD, not the professorship and, and so forth. So I, I, I've got enough information and knowledge to be dangerous, but I'm not smart enough to be truly dangerous. Well, I don't know if I'm truly a nerd, but I kind of live by the philosophy. If you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with BS. Um, <laughs> and as long as they don't know the difference, you know, hey, I'm, I'm golden. That, so. that, that's what me and Kevin do every single week. It works well. Kevin well, more they, than me, of nerds. course. <laughs> well, you know, you know, crap is Kevin's business. So, you know, let's not forget that. You know, he's, he's good at that. Okay, I got my dig in. So, um uh, are, are, we, are, we, are we getting paid for, per dig, Mike? I, I think we might be. I, I wonder who put the money up. I'm sure Mark Shepard would. Hmm, that'd be interesting. It would be. That, that, hey, that's a way to actually profitize podcasting because, you know, that's one thing that really... Look, it, it's one of those things that I, I don't know about. I, I'd love to know how to profitize podcasting and make just a, enough money to cover buying some new gear out of it. But at the same time, I don't want to go and advertise, uh, you know, the same thing over and over and over again that we always hit on uh, here on the other networks. Uh, you know, there's always audible.com and there's always Squarespace. And, and then some of them even do Ford on Mac podcasts. And it's like, Really? Yeah, okay. But, you know, how do you stay true to yourself? How do you stay true to the listeners? How do you not brutalize your show and say, hey, look, I'm going to have a two-hour show, but 45 minutes of it is pure ads? And because everyone knows I'm talking about Mac Drake Weekly. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've kind of – well, I actually – on Mac break, the commercials don't bother me because that's when, when they go into those, uh, those kind of commercials, I actually concentrate my work for a few minutes mm-hmm. and make sure everything's on track. And then once they get back to talking about the subject again, then I can kind of, you know, start listening to them. So that actually provides me a break to make sure that things are going well. But yeah, you know, I have, and, you know, my pod, my Bart in the Plains, I'm doing just purely out of, you know, love and, mm-hmm. um, be, uh, and because I want to, get the attention and everything else. But yeah, there's times I wish that, you know, I could figure out how to make a little coin on it. Cause I would like to get a, I keep thinking it'd be nice to get like a, re, uh, you know, a real microphone right now. I'm using mm-hmm. a Logitech uh, headset here. You sound you pretty know, good though for a headset. Yeah. Although I did notice on uh, last week on sci-fi tech talk that I sounded a little tinny, but I turned my computers off or as I call them, my space heaters down mm-hmm. here. Uh, my two, um, big, uh, uh, boxes I had running, I turned them off, and then it sounded like I was a little tinnier compared to the other two. But um, you know, but yeah, a nice you know p- uh, microphone here that I could set in front. So maybe I well, I'd still have to have the headphones on so I could hear what other people are saying. But yeah, I've thought about doing that, and I don't know if there's a lot more that I would like to. Well, you know, I say if we could monetize it so I could afford a uh, an Audible subscription or you know something like that to kind of improve the show. Um, you know, something like that would be kind of nice, but uh, yeah, or just to have a little money for you know. Eventually, like I'm, I'm going to have to upgrade equipment here. Mm. Uh, my MacBook's uh, two years old, and actually, it needs to have the battery replaced in it. Um, oh, that's not good. Only after two years. No, well, the thing is, I just don't run on. I should unplug it and just run on uh, battery. So yeah, 
Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking that as much as I've taken my MacBook anywhere, just get like an iMac the next time around and then uh, get an iPad mm-hmm. um, and take with me. Because when I go places, I really don't need the MacBook. iPad will usually suffice because it's Twitter, uh, you know, check on Facebook, uh, email. Um, and then I'm kind of, you know, developing, a, trying to develop a workflow for researching uh, my podcast anyway that wouldn't require a uh, computer until I get like the final stages of production, so I could go anywhere and do that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I'm just, uh, but you know, eventually, like I say, you know, the Mac uh, book here will have to be upgraded to something. I'm hoping in a couple years, but um, you know, yeah, and try and monetize it. I've considered putting like an Amazon link on there, but you, you still do kind of have to plug that, and it does seem well. I don't want to quite say swarmy, but, um, mm. you know, just a little, you know, um, you know, kind of the way I was raised to just kind of put out there, oh, would you please, you know, pay me something is what basically yeah, you're saying. It, it, it's almost like you're asking for a handout. And, um, yeah, I, I and don't like that either. I, you know, it, it's a hard one because I've thought at different times, well, what would ha- you, you look at, say, for instance, Ken Ray, who does day six. So if you want day six, you pay a bit for it. And then you get that, and that's kind of cool. And, you know, that's sort of got me thinking at different times, would people actually want to pay to listen to me? Um, I've kind of thought about that too. And, you know, my podcast, I consider good enough, but I don't know that they'd be good enough for somebody to want to pay for. um, It's it's very different once you go to that paid level, though, isn't it? You've got to have X amount of production. You've got to be right on schedule, each show has to be superb because once someone pays their money across, there's yeah. no turning back, you know. And it's like if, if we buy... That, that, that's one of the arguments with uh, the 30-second uh, samples that you used to get on iTunes before they changed it to the uh, the 90 seconds, I think it is now, um, is that you just... You couldn't necessarily listen to that track and, hey, the first 30 seconds might be great and then once the vocalist starts singing, it's like, oh, God, why did I buy that? It's it's not good. So, you know, it's very hard to expect someone to actually pay any any sum of money, you know, even if it was, you know, hey, let, let's sell an episode for 99 cents. You know, I, uh, I don't know how many people would stay listening. I... I I think maybe a handful and that's about it and it'd probably be people who I'm friends with and and associated with I don't think it would be just the average listener who picks up the show and enjoys it yeah and like see there's that expectation because um you know, I've kind of gone through a, a drought with my podcast here, trying to get the creative juices flowing again. And you know, you would feel bad if somebody's paying and you know you aren't cranking out content like that. It would, you would, you know, put more pressure on you. And um, you know, then it would, then it's more like a job. And you know, sometimes you know, people don't like to do their jobs. And, mm. You know, you, uh, and try to get content out like that. I just, yeah, it, it would bring a different complexity to it. But yeah, I kind of wish that you know there was a way, because um, and I thought the um, uh, pocket size podcast had an interesting take on it. Because I was just listening to that today while I was mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. They wanted to get um, oh, um, uh, uh, Peter, so, I, um, Peter. Yeah, the, yeah. What was it a new microphone? I think. Well, they wanted twenty bucks, so it probably couldn't have been a microphone. I thought they said software. I wonder if they oh, were going to get them like software. That's right. Yeah, 
I wonder if they're going to get him call recorder for Skype or something. They didn't say, but for 20 bucks, that sounded about right. And he mm-hmm. said some hard uh, software to help uh, with production. So that's what I, I kind of guessed it was. And I think if I remember right, Mark Shepard and who else? Mark Shepard uh, did Donate and uh, someone else we know, but I, I honestly can't remember who it was now. Yeah, I'm blanking out too. But yeah, you know, say, so and, you know, but, you know, then again, you know, um, you're kind of like, you know, schlepping for money there. And, um, yeah, it, you know, you know, worked out fine for those guys because they just need like a one time upgrade or something mm-hmm. like that. But, uh, yeah, for people to start sending money, you know, just unsolicited like that, that would be kind of weird. Yeah, it, it would be. And look, I, I've got to admit, I knew that, uh, Scott and Peter were, were doing that, having heard the show. And, um, you know, I, I've got to say, hey, I didn't, you know, go through with the donation. Um, from my side of the fence, um, you know, there was no real reason. I just didn't feel the need to contribute. Um, you know, I've been on that show in the past, and it's a great show. I love the guys. But um, it wasn't anything that they did, Ron. It's just me. I I personally struggle with, hey, you know, you sort of, you know, what what am I what am I giving out? Um, you know, look, I, I I know about Ken Ray's Day Six. Do I subscribe to it? No, I don't. And you know, it's just one of those things. That it's it's investment in the return you get for the investment. And hey, I'm not saying that you know Ken's Day Six program wouldn't be fantastic. I'm sure it's brilliant. But for me personally. I, I just don't get that feel that I want that extra content. And I think that's – with his format, it's a good thing because you can choose to either go for it or, or you can't if you turn around and say, well, hey, every single show you've got to pay for. Like, say, in iTunes, if they haven't monetized the podcasting section, uh, you know, and, and then it was every show you had to pay for, then I, I think people would really say no to that. I think they'd stop listening. Um but then it's interesting too because if you listen to public radio on 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 the radio in your car and so forth, you've got advertising that supports it, and some shows get advertising and some don't. And then it's hard again because Mike, as you said, it then becomes a job. And do I want to do five podcasts a week for a job? You know, maybe if someone was paying me a set salary and I was a, a you know a podcast producer or something, but you know. I don't think I'd want to take that to the next level somehow. Yeah. Well, and, you know, as far as donating money, too, and, you know, I'm still feeling a little guilty about it, but um, they were having that uh, asking for money for the, um, what the EFF is taking on the patent trolls in this country. Yeah, I, I retweeted that, but I haven't donated to that either. Yeah. And, like I say, I feel like I should because, you know, um, I think these kind of people, you know, my personal opinion, um, these patent trolls that have uh, bugged me for a while and for them mm-hmm. to kind of come along and I, you know, somebody who truly, you know, I mean, you know, okay, they hold a patent, you know, that they bought from somebody else, but, you know, I don't know that they've invested that much time or money into this, but now they're going to start, you know, raking in money from all these patents from other companies and you're, you're just doing this and you're going to squash a you know, little cottage business, well, not even quite businesses, but little no. cottage hobbies. industries, yeah, hobbies that we got going here, uh, just because these people want, you know, some money. And, you know, I would like money too, but I'm not going around strong arming people. I'm not threatening lawsuits. Um, I'm not out there, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're bullies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, bullies with suits on, but, you know, a bully nonetheless. Um, 
just trying to raise money for yourself. And I mean, people aren't even getting anything out of this. They're just allowing them to use something. If they had a product that you were getting for that money, yeah. But I mean, all this is is that we're going to let you keep doing what you're doing. It, it's it's kind of like racketeering almost, kind of like yeah. mobsters. And, you know, some guy with his nose that's kind of bent to the side going, yeah, hey, you know, give us some money. We'll let you keep going here. Um it's that kind of mentality, and you know, it, I I've never liked. Well, nobody likes bullies, but I mean, I really don't like bullies, and I really don't mm-hmm. like those kind of people that strong arm somebody for their own advantage, and they're not really producing anything. They're not making this world any better. They're not giving anything back to the community. It's just kind of like, hey, I want mine. You know, f you people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's pretty nasty, and. You know, perhaps in one way you could say, well, the, the podcasting networks, the ones that are being run as business, you know, you've got the Twit Network and you've got 5x5 five five and so forth. Perhaps if, if you look at, um, you know, th- this issue, maybe they should be, you know, paying, um, you know, to, to be generating that income stream. Uh, but the independent, like us, who don't run any advertising, this is a hobby type thing, um, you know, it, it it shouldn't affect us. It just should go straight past us. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard. I, look, I, I never want to see the end of podcasting. I, I, I never want to see something happen to it. But, you know, it, basically, I just stopped calling it a podcast. Obviously, that's hard with, you know, a couple of the shows I do where it's got podcast in the title. Uh, but not another Mac internet show or, you know, something like that. I'd still keep doing it and it'd just be available then on my website. Um, and you could still have people subscribe via the RSS feed. It just wouldn't be in podcasts in iTunes, for instance. Um, so it's interesting, really. And I'm trying to get my head around what they're, they're claiming. Is it, is it, that the podcasts in iTunes is the issue? Is it podcast in general that's the issue? You know, if we changed and said, well, hey, this isn't a podcast, this is now a, an amateur radio show, could they, could they still attack us? Well, I think it's... Um, yeah. I'm sure it's cloaked in legalese, but something about method and delivery, I think, of, you know... Um, I don't know if it has to do with the RSS delivery type mm-hmm. thing where it's, um, you know, the method delivery for uh, delivering an automated uh, podcast or, you know, a listening experience um, with a, you know, over the internet in an automated fashion or, you know, some, you know, where they basically talk in circles like that. But mm-hmm. um, some something like that where it has to do with the delivery system, not what it's called or uh, or maybe it has to do with recording techniques or something like that. Because if I remember correctly, what I did remember reading about the article that uh, the people who hold these patents had created an MP3 player that failed, but they had these patents that had to do with, I believe, the recording and maybe uh, play. Maybe it's the playback of uh, of um, uh, media like mm-hmm. that. And I, like I, said, I don't remember it all, but you know, and the problem is they probably have some legitimate claim. Uh, this whole thing about patents, I, I realize that if a person takes the time and invests money to create and come up with an idea and you market it, you can invest, you have a lot of money invested in that, and you don't want somebody, um, after you've gotten all the work done, say, hey, I mm-hmm. like that, I'll do it, 
for half the price sure. and knock you out of business. I don't have a problem with that, but it's just these people that, especially the ones that have bought up these patents and are now going around trying to get money out of people. There's just something that isn't, you know, and it's that kind of mentality that stifles uh, innovation because yes. who wants to go out there and try to do something and try to move things forward if you're going to have somebody there, you know, uh, trying to get, you know get money out of you or trying to undercut you uh, while you're trying to do something you know, you've done the hard work and they come along and steal so I realize it's a hard complicated thing to figure out and there's probably not an easy answer but sometimes I wish people would be guided by their own you know inner um, conscience and say mm-hmm. you know technically I do have the right to this um, and I don't know what you know they are asking for you know as far as remuneration for their their patents that they have, but it would be nice if they would say, well, you know, for the greater good, I'm willing to you know sacrifice a little bit so that you know this can keep going. Um, and like I don't have all the details, but it would be nice if there was a little bit more. You know, put it simply, we all need to hold hands and sing kumbaya once in a while and get along <laughs> with one another. Uh, yeah, it's very true. And, and look, you know, I, I think if anything happened where it was like, hey, you've got to pay us or, or go away, I wouldn't go away. I'll keep doing the show. I'll just release it on CD and mail it to everyone around the world. And uh, <laughs> there's a little way to profitize it too. You know, I, I could throw a dollar on and on top of shipping, get a little bit of money and uh, ship a disc around the world to everyone. I think that would be absolutely perfect and take us back old school and uh, – you know, then I wouldn't feel so bad because I could give someone a physical copy, something to hold on to uh, that they can actually have forever. The only problem is, of course, in the Mac world, uh, that we're losing CDs. So, jeez, uh, I don't know. May- maybe podcasting has to go the way of Pirate Bay. Maybe we've got to all become pirates and and uh, get our podcasting fixed that way. Aye, matey. <laughs> I like to say because the school I went to, we called ourselves the Will Lake Pirates, so I am a pirate. So, um. <laughs> and well, no, you know, normally we, I don't promote Pirate Bay, but in, in this instance, it's like, yeah, you know, you got to promote it. It's uh, it, it might well, you know, be the only last savior for some some of this content to get away from patent trolls. Well, you know, there used to be uh, pirate radio where uh, people would set up broadcasting. Uh, 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 Units out at sea on a ship just outside the uh, uh, boundaries of the United Ooh. States, and they would beam, uh, wow. you know, uh, content into the country, to the shoreline. <laughs> anyway, oh, that's great. I've never heard anything about that. That's Mike. Where, where was that? And and does it still happen, or is it something oh. that happened many years ago? I I don't think anymore. And I believe me, I'm not an expert. I've just heard a few things about it, but I want to say it was like the 60s, you know, maybe the 70s, and they would go out there with illegally high-powered radio stations, and um, you know, there's something that you know, we could maybe research and find out, but you know, I've heard a little bit about it, but not a lot, and I think there was a few. Um, Well, I think you didn't even have to be out at sea. I think um, um, Wolfman Jack um, uh, of... um, um, oh shoot! Now I'm drawing a blank on the movie that shot um, Ron Howard and Harrison Ford to fame. Um, American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he uh, you know, Wolfman Jack was in there, and he became you know kind of a uh, he, he had a you he could hear his voice in it, and uh, but he kind of came to uh, um, 
prominence in this country because if I remember right, he had a uh, bro- uh, broadcast out of Mexico across the border. And so he didn't have to necessarily follow the uh, American broadcasting standards that we had here. And again, I don't know a lot of detail about that one either. But, you know, there's kind of that uh, tradition. Well, this country, you know, is kind of built on um, a rebel attitude. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, maybe we're all just going to have to be rebels at some point. You know, it's just a shame that they haven't colonized the moon yet because we could all just move there and podcast from the moon. Until, you know, the government and businesses moved, followed us up there and monetized it and we'd have to pay taxes. Hmm. Jeez, mm. you've got to hate governments, don't you? Yeah, but they make the roads and they provide they the internet, they unfortunately. Do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we need another internet. I, actually, that, that you know what, that's a, a very interesting question. Could we have another internet? I mean, there's different types of nets, or there used to be anyway. Um but could we have a completely new internet that is Nerdvana? Ah, Nerdvana. Well, you know, we could go satellite somehow. I don't know about transmission speeds, but, you know, could we, um, a bunch of, uh, you know, Bill Gates types or, you know, somebody with deep pockets get together and we start putting satellites in space so mm. we wouldn't have to depend upon the uh, uh, the landlines uh, in any particular country and, um you know, that would be completely free of any government control um, because there's like China's got the great firewall around it mm-hmm. and uh, there's other countries that try to block uh, information from coming in. You know, maybe that's the next step in, um, you know, in the pirate mentality. Maybe we need to start shooting satellites up in the space and start putting out our own um, – of course, you know, it, again, it all comes down to money. but It, it does, just, but hey, we, you know, Bill Gates – He's going to squander his money away if he keeps just giving it away to charities. Well, yeah, all these sick people. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> that sounded cold. <laughs> that is very cold of us. But, you know, it, yeah. it does. It, I, I've got to say this much. Love him or hate him. Uh, love Microsoft or hate them. What he is doing with his wealth is bloody impressive. It's, it's a shame that more people with that kind of money um, don't. Give it away. I mean, there's only so much that you can do with it. There's only so many things you can buy, and and uh, to help people who are in need, that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, and but you know, I I do live on the internet. I do love the internet. But I think you know it has in its own way. It's made its difference in the world because well, I'm in the United States. You're in Australia. Mm-hmm. We're talking to each other. We can share ideas. We've met other people around the country. Um, and we've gotten to know each other, and I think that brings down uh, the cultural differences. We get to learn about each other, understand each other. There's not that kind of fear um, mentality out there. There's not that kind of, um, you know, mistrust if you get to learn about people. Um, this weekend, I was doing a project for, um, you know, our mutual friend, Allison Sheridan. Mm-hmm. She had mailed me. Uh, I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. Uh, I've got one of those Edison Ambarola record players, one that yes. plays the cylindrical records. Mm-hmm. Well, she had some uh, records that her grandfather had recorded, and she never got to hear them because she was only like two years old, I think, when he passed away. Mm-hmm. So she mailed me one of these things, and I was going to – I had this grand plan that I was going to be able to record this, and it wouldn't be really difficult stick my iPod up in front of the big old horn on this thing and record the uh, – 
sound and e uh, mail email it back to her. Well, it didn't work out because I didn't realize there's a whole bunch of different style of these records, and unfortunately. Um, before I could figure out what had happened, I damaged a little bit of it, figuring out that it it's a completely different needle. But oh wow, uh, yeah, I, I apologized to her, and you know, she said it was okay. But, you know, thank goodness we didn't go too far before we figured this mm. out. But uh, we got to talking, and I said, "You realize that we are using new technology to try and bring an old technology into the 21st century here." <laughs> And then the other thing was that when at the time that this was recorded, which I believe was like the early 1900s or something like that, most people didn't know somebody. You know, if they knew somebody, probably would be within a hundred mile radius. Mm -hmm. um, that would be about the extent of how far you would know somebody. Well, nowadays, I mean, there is no boundaries. We're you know around the world. We've had uh, a Canadian uh, tweeting from space and sending back photos. Yep. Um, like I said, there's no boundaries, and I think it's just that kind of you know. I'm hoping that you know the world seems real tense and angry right now, but I'm hoping that we're on a at a point where I'm hoping a tipping point where eventually by bringing down barriers, being able to talk to one another and get rid of all this kind of fear and anxiety that I don't know. I, I don't think we're going to ever achieve a Star Trek future, but I think maybe we'll get the, where hopefully we're not killing each other as often. Well, as long as we don't have the planet of the apes future, uh, the yeah. original planet of the apes future, I think we'll be, uh, <laughs> I think we'll be okay. But at the same time, yeah, I don't, I love Star Trek, but I think it's too much utopia. Um, for humanity, I, I just maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think we're just too barbaric deep down inside, and and just to you know lock out that nature completely. And unless they gave us meds or something, I, I don't see how it would be possible. Well, yeah, and like I say we have too many differing opinions. Now the thing mm -hmm. is, we have to. You know, even though our opinions may differ, we have to learn to, you know, eventually, you know, get along. But, you know, and I don't know, you know, we never saw the complete Star Trek universe. It was usually on ships, Federation ships or whatever. Yep. You really didn't get to see what, you know, Gene Roddenberry's vision of uh, life was like on, you know, in the rest of the worlds. But, you know, they said they got to a point where there was no money. And, and I mean, how do you, you have to have, it doesn't have to necessarily be money, but you have to have some way to get your food, you know, you, you got to produce something to get something. I mean, I don't know if that idea will ever, ever go away. Yeah. It's interesting. And certainly uh, something that we don't have time to conclude on today's episode, though, because we're, we're running right at the hour mark. And um, But what a great conversation we've had today, Mike. It's been absolutely well, fantastic. I was going to say, we talked for an hour and we didn't bring an idea into this. So, we, we um, didn't. <laughs> okay, because, yeah, we're just shooting from the hip here. So, But you know what? That, that, sometimes that makes for the best shows. I've, I've been testing it recently with all my shows. Let's not do much prep uh, because prep does take a lot of time. And uh, then the other thing that I find when you stick to a schedule uh, of what you're going to talk about, it can sometimes become a little bit robotic, whereas you can just go from one idea to the next to the next and uh and it works really well now mike what what's speaking of what's next what's next for you uh on the side of podcasting and, and workflow what what can the uh the listeners look forward to well yeah on my uh bard on the plains podcast i'm calling it kind of like version 2.0 um i'm kind of rebooting it i'm getting away from um me 
uh, eventually, or occasionally, I will throw some stories in there once in a while about um, growing up on the plains. But I've decided to do because it's more of a comfortable fit for me, and I still kind of stay true to the the idea of the podcast. I'm going to be taking stories um, from that I have loved or uh, over the years. And talking about them, and then bringing my own personal aspect to it, and it, it'll be movies, it'll be TV shows, it'll be books. Uh, I might even throw a computer game in there, um, music, or uh, either a musician or a group, or maybe an album that's had mm-hmm. some uh, importance in my life. Then, like I say, I'll tie it back to me. Or um, since I do call it Bard on the Plains, I'll be bringing it back to uh, sometimes uh, the connection to South Dakota here because that's very important to me. Uh, so that's what I'm going to uh, do going forward, and I'm working on getting the information together for the first episode, which is going to be The Wizard of Oz, uh, mainly the uh, 1939 movie, but kind of bring in some tie-ins from the, the books and a few other properties I've discovered based on The Wizard of Oz uh, as I've been doing some research here. So that'll be the first one there. And then on our sci-fi tech talk show that we're going to record tomorrow night, we're going to talk about The Andromeda Strain, uh, the mm. book and the movie and they Very cool. follow each other pretty close so um we'll be able to uh, talk interchangeably with them but yeah so that's going to be our one there um and basically um you know the, sh- the short synopsis of that one is hey let's go out to uh out of space bring back a deadly virus and, uh and bring it back to earth what could possibly go wrong <laughs> and hopefully they never do that <laughs> Yeah. That is always sci-fi. Fingers crossed. Yep. Now, Mike, where can the listeners uh, pick you up on Twitter if they want to follow you there? Uh, on Twitter, I can be found at DSC Chipman. And then if anybody wants to go to the websites for my podcast, the Bard on the Plains is bardontheplains.blogspot.com. And then Sci-Fi Tech Talk is at sci-fi-tech-talk.com. Fantastic. And for anything related to me, simply head across to markgrantree.com. And please, please, listeners, uh, send Kevin a a little bit of a a get well message. He's probably feeling really depressed because he he always had one up on me. He was always like, ha-ha, I never get sick. And and I always get to talk to Mike and you don't. And it's like, well, now he's sick. And now, yeah, so so please send him a, a get well message. Please tell him he was sorely missed. Make him feel better about himself because, uh, you know, wearing a mankini, you know, it'll, it'll bring you down a peg or two. We'll just all have to send them some virtual chicken soup. <laughs> you know, that, that that's 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 the future, isn't it? It's like, yes, let's, it is. let's send a Twinkie across the internet because we don't really have Twinkies in Australia, Mike. So you could send me a Twinkie and I could send you some Vegemite and we wouldn't then have to pay the postal service. Well, and the That'd nice thing cool. about the Twinkie is it never deteriorate going over the line. So <laughs> it's so pumped full of preservatives. <laughs> Absolutely true. Well, Mike, thanks once again for joining me. It was a great episode. To everyone listening, thanks for listening. Until next week, take care. Hello, I'm Mike McPeak from Bard on the Plains podcast. Growing up on the plains of South Dakota, I used to listen to my dad tell stories about his life. I never had a chance to record any of these, but I realize that everyone has a story to tell. And that's what I try to do on this podcast, tell anecdotes of my own and have other people tell their stories in their words and in their voice. So please listen to Bard on the Plains podcast. It's about stories, mine and yours.